Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, the show with three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm Shano. I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. And, fellas, we're right in the thick of things now. Um, can Set. I just answer a oh, question? Straight in there. That? Yeah. yeah. Just, as that, just as that finished, we have a caller uh, during the week. Uh, it's Graham's got all the news and the big hits with a T. With a H. With a H. <laughs> no, I thought it was with a H. H. And I went, no, 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 no. Okay. Hits. Nah, I'm hits. a big I thought I just... Just wanted to reiterate that. Yeah, big fella, but no, don't call that all. All big hits. Yeah, yeah, it was mm, a right. very strange yeah. thing. And I thought, no, I'll, I'll bring it up right from the start. All Good the to know. Hits. Good to know that's what I've got. Yeah, I've got all the hits. Um, plenty of big hits on the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about a few of those. But um, it's always, always plenty to talk about, fellas. We've got another big show this week. Um, all the usual segments. Um, but yeah, really good to have you guys on board. Yeah, that's good to be here as always. Um, it, uh, and look, I love Anzac. Uh, <coughs> Anzac Day, I think, and 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 uh, and uh, shout out and respect to um, our our people in the services, whether current or have served. Um, it's it's the day itself in Australian calendar is is one thing that that deserves the utmost respect and reverence um, as a sporting code. The NRL really have they've taken it as a sporting code to the next level, and and it's it's the weekend sporting. While I look, I look forward to it for a number of things. It's where I get to catch up with friends. Uh, it's it's where it's where we you get to reflect. But when you look at the games, it, it really has every team and every club has embraced it. And um, as a code, I think we've done a lot to. Mm to highlight this time of year with, with what, what, what I think personally, people might agree or disagree. I think it's the biggest club game of the year. Um, the Roosters, Dragons, Anzac Day game. Yeah. Very, very, as a, as an ongoing entity, yeah. there's not, there's very little that can beat it. I, I have been once and it was just insane. Yeah, and it, it, look, we always we always talk about it being a big game. It lived up to the hype, but the whole weekend, as Shano said there, Griffo, um, I think it is something that the NRL does well. And coming out of the weekend, there's a lot of talking points about other things, but I think credit where credit's due, uh, Anzac. Anzac rounds are one that they, that's always done very well in the NRL. It is. Um, I, I agree with uh, <clears throat> what, what Shane said about that. And I haven't been to an Anzac Day game between the Dragons and the Roosters on Anzac Day. <clears throat> but I've watched plenty of them. And um, the ceremony before the game is, is very moving. Uh, it, it is done well. And um, I, went, uh, I went into the march on Monday morning. Um, saw a few, few uh, roosters and, and dragons jerseys around. Not quite as many as I normally see, but... Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 
the, the march is is a great um, event in itself, um, and the ceremony before the the big game is is great. The, the credit also down uh, in Melbourne to mm. to what uh, they put on down there. It's, it's yeah. also yeah. very moving, and um, all the games have their own. Um, ceremony as well. Uh, there was yeah. I was at the Raiders yep. uh, Penrith game. They had one there, and it, the thing that um, the respect was there uh, from the crowd. The, yeah, the same. It was the not South, anyone South, who was South you, Tigers you know, game it was brilliant. Yeah, there's just a silence there. Nah, you can hear it. <laughs> we we had that you know situation up in Brisbane, yep. um, which was very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I think we would have all seen the the yes. footage of the aftermath. Yeah. Um, I just saw something come up on Facebook and, and I didn't realize at first, you know, what had happened until mm. I, I read somewhere else that, you know, the guy had, I don't know what he was calling out during the silence. It was fairly offensive from what, oh, not offensive, yeah. but the, the word, you know. The fact he made a noise is enough for me. Yeah, the fact yeah. he made a noise is enough, really. Look, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was. All round disappointing. Um, yeah, it was you know, a bit, bit to you know. Part of me thinks, well, champ, you uh, you sort of got what you deserved. Um, and another part of me thinks, well, you know, gee, I don't you don't like to see that sort of violence, no. but no, um, pull four more round, probably. But if the guy didn't do what he did, yeah, well, if you're the catalyst, you don't um, get hit, do you? That's right. Uh, yeah. Um, he was copping it from a few different people. Um, and it, it's hard to say, you know, he didn't ask for it, to be honest. But mm. um, you don't like to see violence. No. But no, it's... he did sort to an extent bring it on himself. Um, anyway, um, that's just a blip really on on the weekend um, was a, a good round of rugby league. There were some good games. There was seriously some blowouts, but um, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, <laughs> um, you know, the, I guess what, what we probably see as, as the game that the dragons roosters, which is now a firmly established tradition on Anzac day. It was certainly a very, very good game. Um, and deservedly won by the Dragons. Yep. Yeah, and it was just one of the the big games across the weekend. As we said, you know, there was some some minor issues that that, that people may have focused on, but the uh, the overall weekend was great celebration of football and also um, a really good representation of um, what the NRL wants to do with Anzac Day. And also, as you guys said, the majority of people being totally respectful and. Uh, and also, too, just echoing what Shane said and passing on our, our respects to all of those who have uh, served and are currently serving. But, you know, great Anzac Day weekend, which started off with a um, it was a bizarre game, really, in the end. Uh, the, the Sharks, 34 points to 22 after a massive lead at halftime. I think it was 32-0, and then um, the Seagulls came back in the second half. Uh, there was also 34 points scored by the Broncos uh, on Friday night. They defeated the uh, the Bulldogs 34-14, so the woes continue for the Canterbury side. 
Cowboys are continuing their positive run and positive start to the year. Um, they're, they're now well in the top eight with their 30-4 to win over the Titans. Uh, the Tigers have done it again. They're one point victors over one of the competition heavyweights of the past few years. 23-22 are the Tigers defeating the Rabbitohs, backing it up after a one point win the week before over the Eels. Uh, the Eels, they bounce back with vigor this week, taking out the Knights 39 points to two. That one was on Sunday up at Newcastle. Uh, as Griffo said, uh, Penrith Panthers took on the Raiders on Sunday, and I'm sure Griffo still has stinging hands from engaging in the Viking clap. 36-6 to six, uh, victors at uh, Blue Bet Stadium. Penrith, the big centrepiece of Anzac Day on Monday afternoon was the Dragons defeating the Roosters, and as we said, that game just brings out something in the Dragons, and um, fans are still talking about this one. Very exciting to see the Dragons um, have a great hit out at the cricket ground. On uh, Monday, I should say, and then Monday night. Gee whiz, don't know what you say about this one. Obviously, we'll talk about it uh, a little bit more as the podcast goes on when we're uh, discussing the storm this week. But um, look, for Warriors fans, all I can say is lucky they missed half of their conversions because it could have been more. 70 points to 10 uh, victors over the Warriors, the Melbourne Storm. So some massive results this week, some massive scores. And we're starting to see the um, the ladder really shuffle out. And just these, these few wins by teams like the Tigers is moving them up. The Knights have had a bit of a um, rough trot. So have the Raiders, and they've had a bit of a slide. So going through the ladder, uh, fellas, just to keep you guys up to date and keep the listeners at home up to date with what's going on. Penrith, perfect record. They're phenomenal. They are not looking like losing. They just seem to get the job done every week and do it in style no matter who plays. Seven from seven, they're on 14 points out in front. Uh, clear second place on 12 points is the Melbourne Storm. Then have the Eels in third on 10. The Sharks are also on 10 in fourth spot. Cowboys, Roosters, Seagulls uh, take up positions five, six, and seven with eight points. South Sydney uh, are just in the eight with uh, their six points, uh, just purely based on for and against. Also on six points are the Broncos, Dragons, and Warriors. Uh, Down to 12th, we have the Titans. They're on four points, as too are the Tigers, Knights, and Raiders, who are now down to 15th spot, and the Bulldogs, uh, with just the sole win, still on um, two points there at the bottom. So it's really, I feel like, fellas, it's starting to get quite congested, especially that uh, 8th through to 16th, where you've got, um, you know, teams like South, Broncos, Dragons, Warriors on six, uh, and then just below them, that next, that next level with the Titans, Tigers, Knights, and Raiders, especially with their poor for and against. Um, all of a sudden, it's not looking great for the Raiders sitting in 15th spot. No, um, it's not, they're not playing well, um, I mentioned it last week that I, I don't I don't know why. Rick, well, I sort of got an idea why Ricky hasn't sort of been in the media spotlight in terms of scrutiny, like you know, say um, uh, Maguire was, um, Barrett is, Griffin was. Um, I think you can throw Nathan Brown in there. Well, I was about to say that, but I, I don't know <laughs> that he's quite got as much scrutiny as 
as some of those other guys. I mean, they have got three wins, the Warriors, but um, yeah, he's he's you know he's in. I think he's in a bit, a bit of bother there because I think his team's going backwards. So they had wins mm. over ordinary sides, so um, some of the other sides, you know, the Bulldogs are going woefully, but they've actually had a tough draw. Warriors have not had a tough draw apart mm. from the Melbourne Storm, but. Um, just on the Bulldogs, have you guys noticed that their four column on the ladder is uh, 70 points? So the Storm the other night in one game scored as many points as the Bulldogs have thus far this season. I know it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a fun tidbit. It doesn't mean much, but it, it puts into perspective just how one team can just open up the floodgates and another team can really struggle to get over the line. Yeah. yeah it's just... It's just it's just ridiculous, really. Like, you know, they 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 are struggling, but they're they're struggling they're struggling big time. And and the problem is, it doesn't look like they're 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 improving. Like, I think I think I, I think from memory I wrote that like for every point they score, they let in two and a half. That's three. You know what I mean? Like like. Yeah. So they're, they're, you know, it's almost like every time they score a try, they're letting two. Like, you yeah. know, it's like you're never going to win. Like, you, you know, you can score 12 points, you're going to get beaten 24-12. You know, there's no there's no silver lining there. You're just getting belted with those kind of statistics. Newcastle Knights, uh, they're down in 14th, Griffo. Um, we know they won their first two games, and since then they've been on the slide. Um Dane Gagai is the latest casualty. He's going to be out for a while. I think he's got a facial fracture. Um, I just just want to get just a quick thought on on say the Knights because we, we we had a lot of positive things to say out of the first couple of games and they've just been they've been horrible the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, before the season, I thought it was going to be a lean year for them, and then as you say, they they started quite well and uh, they won their first two games. They're actually, um, I think they might have been top of the ladder. Uh, after two rounds and then they they had the top of the table clash with the Panthers and um, we're we're acquitting themselves quite well until the brain explosion of of the second rower Barnett and um, well they haven't won a game since that's the reality they've lost five in a row Mm. Uh, and they're uh, they're in in quite a lot of trouble Um, yeah there's there was all sorts of stats flying around after the first three rounds of what tight competition it was, and the gap between you know winning and losing was was dramatically less on average. And, and um, I mean, since that time, it's uh, status quo sort of has been reestablished with <coughs> the two premier sides top in the ladder, yeah. um, your, your strong sides uh, up there. Um, Cowboys are probably the outlier, though. Are we, yeah, are, we thinking, they are. are we considering them now? Are they are we? Oh, they have to. Um, they have to. They're well, oh. their fifth spot. Um, four yeah, wins, three to. losses. If they, I, I know they're going to probably have to keep on the the, the positive side of that um, that record. You know, win more games than they lose, but uh, you know, I don't think they'll need two grand. You might get not to in. make the eight. Yeah. It really depends on what I think it really depends on what teams like the Broncos and say 
you know, even even South. I know we'll, we'll talk about South a bit more later because they've got that game against Manly this week, which is important for both teams. But, um, yeah, like, you know, you, you look at South, you don't know what team's going to show up. That You know, they dropped, dropped the ball 13 times last week. They, they You don't win games doing that, so... Look, there's there's opportunities there for clubs. Um, there's plenty going on in the um in the NRL. Plenty of big games this week coming up, and we'll get to all those just, games. Just on the Cowboys, Graham. What I will say is that they are playing better rugby league than most sides in the competition. Mm, yeah, certainly better than all sides under the green line, which on the uh, NRL ladder separates the top eight from the bottom eight. But they're going better than the, the other three teams below them in the top eight. They're going better than the Roosters, yep. better than the Seagulls, and and better than the Rabbitohs. So at this stage of the year, I, I've got to pay credit to that, that organisation who I tipped to run last. <laughs> well, I think they're pretty safe. They're not going to run last because I can't see the Bulldogs uh, getting to eight competition points, we make it ten with the buy. The buy. Yeah, I was going to um, say the buy might help. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, but the the Cowboys will get the buy as well. So, um, it, well, maybe the Bulldogs will come good, but uh, at this stage, the Cowboys playing a really good brand of football, and uh, and that you know they come in fifth. Good luck to them. You make a they good might point. struggle this week uh, to yeah, play but, power. But you make a good point. Realistically, they, they probably are the fifth best team in the competition at the moment. So it's not as though you know, they've earned their right to be exactly where they are on the ladder. I think that's the best way to put it. And, um, you know, being someone who knows everything that's going on around town, Shane has definitely earned his right to be the man to deliver the tidbits. So we might as well head over to him to see what he's got this week. Yes, well, thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll play. I liked yes or no last week, so we're going to play yes or no again. Okay. Right, yes. Right. yes. This is fun. I'll play. Yes. I'll play. I'll play. Tupo, <coughs> should he have been sent off? Uh, no. Simbin. No. Simbin, yes. Yeah. Simbin, yes. Sent off, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. seems to be the consensus. He got a one-week suspension. Um, and uh, referee G dropped for the match because he did not Ejecting from the field. Um, he got the same suspension. Yeah. They both got a week. I think, I think he's got, I think he's been dropped rather than uh, marching orders. But yeah, an interesting situation where Graham Mannersley came out and was quite, uh, in his weekly review, was actually quite um, vocal in the fact that, that he should have left the field for what he did. Um, interesting when you think about it that. That, that that comes out because in years gone by, the referee's boss really has stuck by his referees and said, look, um, second question, was G the scapegoat for the video ref? I'll say he yes. Was, he was the scapegoat for, yeah. for a bad situation. decision, but yeah. I, I, he shouldn't, he sh- I don't think he should have been dropped, I don't, I don't, not just on that one decision. No, nah, I think I, it was I a bit. He's one of the better referees at the moment. It was a bit. I, I it was a bit reactive because as a as a whole, they've they've fluffed it, and someone had to. I see what you're getting at here because someone had to. They had to be seen to be doing something. They said we got it wrong, so they had they had to say, well, we've got to drop someone. And I think to your point, Shane, it's fair, and we're not the first ones to bring it up this week uh, through a media outlet. But the a lot of people are saying, look, you know, G saw it live as it happened he's running to keep up with the play 
And we have this technology now in the bunker where they do intervene and a bloke sitting in front of a, a television screen, the same as the punters at home. And the punters on the first replay said, whoa, that's bad. He could be gone here. The, the video referee had a look at it a few times mm. and, and he didn't make that decision. So collectively, as, a, as an organisation, that decision wasn't made. So I think you make a good point there. Yeah, um, just just on that, like uh, I watched the game obviously on, on television, uh, and you could hear through the mic. Um, G said, "I don't think it's as bad as it looked." Mm. So, um, and at first sighting, just live watching it, um, I didn't think it was that bad either. But then, as soon as you see a replay, um, you see, well, no, actually, it was quite a bad one. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I, I don't think G should have been hung out to dry no, like I, yeah, he yeah, was. I agree. Because, yeah. you know, depending on what angle you're at, and, and, and something don't, you don't get a clear view. Um, but when you actually see a replay, you've got time to say okay well this is actually what happened i can see that clearly mm. and i think anyone who was watching the replays on you know either fox or nine or I don't know if nine had the game but um you could see that gee you know this this guy is he's in a bit trouble here um yeah. but it turned out that uh, you know it was just a penalty mm. um and i think right decision made in that he was charged i think it was a grade two careless accepted the early plea and and i think a week is fair yeah two it's got good record um but yeah there should have been 10 minutes of that game mm. um and, and credit to griffin who as a winning coach brought it up yeah. you know you, you know and it wasn't just sour grapes losing he won the game but you know he still made the point that that he did not think that uh, Tupo should have stayed on the field there. Yeah, and I think where people are just looking for that consistency that we talk about, you know, not 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 to labour the point, but um, one that was missed on the fly uh, the other night was when the Tigers scored. Tane Milne uh, came across with a high tackle, which uh, deserved 10 in the bin. The bunker picked it up and said, look, you know, we've got to put this guy in the bin for 10, uh, and he's another bloke facing uh, one week. So, you know, there, we, we need to give credit. Like, the bunker got it right yeah. that time. I, 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 you know what, what frustrates me with, with the Tupu one, and I'll finish with this. Every time something like this comes up in rugby league, we say with the benefit of hindsight, um, there is someone with the benefit of hindsight that's the bunker. So that, that, yeah. that, that argument goes out the window. Yeah, no, they had the opportunity there, yeah. and they, they're making the decisions yeah. off the same replays we watched. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, would you I think be there happy? was another one with Penny. Yes. Uh, not the pastor, but uh, uh, Aaron <laughs> Penny, the, the warrior who put a shoulder. Um, I can't remember who it was. Oh, no, it was Remus Smith. Remus Smith was out of the game as a result of uh, contact from the shoulder. Yep. Penny did not uh, go to the bin either and has uh, got, I think, a week as well. So. I'm not yes. sure who the ref was down in that game, but I think they may have got the same, um, they get the same publicity as uh, <laughs> as King G. But 
Yeah. Um, but the same, he's out, he's out for a week. Whoever, I think it was Chris Sutton, might have been the ref. Um, same situation. And he copped, uh, well, a dropping to reserve grade this week. Mm. Um, but not quite the publicity that uh, no. that happened in the Roosters one. Yeah, because that was that was one I remember watching the um the coverage on Fox and it had them a bit divided. I remember Cronk saying, you know, oh, I was a bit fifty fifty, and he was happy for it. Whereas then Benji Marshall was saying, look, he was very lucky. He goes, oh, like Benji Marshall disagreed and said he should he should have been yeah. binned. So you got some you know some big yeah. names there that played a lot of football, yeah, and I, I think, I think consistency. Think Smith was injured. Smith yeah. was injured, yeah. but Ravalawa sort of, it was a little bit shaken, but he went on to, you know, continue in the game. But I don't think, I don't think any ref should get dropped over a week's this point. <coughs> it, it, it is hard, you know, they're making decisions. It's yeah. not an easy job. Yeah, anyway. I think, I think, I think Annesley's got it totally wrong, but that's just me. All right. Would you be happy over the next 10 years to have at least four grand finals being played in Brisbane? No. Four? No. <laughs> No. Right. Not in ten years, no. No. Would you be happy to have one? Uh can we start it last year? <laughs> yeah. I personally no, but that's selfish. Um, okay. no, it's not selfish, it's an opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's the tradition of the game is it's played in Sydney. But in saying that, you know, that tradition was broken last year. And if Penrith go up to Brisbane every year and win <laughs> they can play it on the moon it. for all you care. Yeah, but yeah, look, well, you know, I mean, you wouldn't take. But let's let's. Look, I understand, you know, if you're a Queensland, you might have a different opinion. But um, I, I I'm a bit with Griffo in a sense, and you know, it's easy for us to talk well, because we're maybe in listen, maybe listen to the background here because I just threw the question out and was expecting mm. yes or no. Anyway, here's the context. <laughs> here's the context. It's big okay. money, though, isn't it? It's $10 million that's going to be put forward in order to host the grand final multiple times. It's an unnamed number of times over the next decade. So there was an agreement that was not ironclad that kept the grand final to 2042. The stipulations of that was that Acor Stadium was revamped. Of course, it wasn't revamped. They've got a nice screen though, but that's about it. So the Palaszczuk government has uh, been in contact with Peter Volandis and had pretty serious discussions um to to get the grand final to melbourne within the next decade on multiple occasions um so brisbane you mean brisbane sorry yes um the this new south wales premier um is is meeting with volandis they're pretty um perite was pretty keen or pretty keen to say that it's not going anywhere look Basically, the new the government's under pressure to sign this. The, the, the New South, the rugby league has said, "Look, fine, but you've got to give us some sort of, you've got to give us some sort of assurance that a there's going to be the cash there for this. There's going to be a better stadium by them for this, and that we're going to have, um, and that we're going to have um, the right, the right mode of action in order to deliver this. So, it's it's a very interesting space because." Um, obviously there's a bit of an allure to take it to Brisbane, but the um, offshoot of that is that New, the rugby league have said to the New South Wales government, you've got to have these stipulations. 
reading, doing a lot of reading and, and sort of pouring through some things and, and, in, and in talking to people, that has to include an upgrade of a stadium that sits more than 70,000 people in New South Wales. That tells me that the only way they're going to get this over the line is if they can get over the line, the revamping of Acor Stadium. That's, look, as we know, we know the firestorm that occurred when the SFS was getting done up. Um, we know that a lot of people are very angry with the money that was spent on that, considering, um, you know, hospitals and whatnot could do with that money. Um, I'm not going to give an opinion on that, but what I will say is, if that's caused that kind of firestorm on that one, I could I could not imagine what would happen if people wanted to upgrade Acor Stadium. So it's yeah. not going to happen, Shane. No, they're stuck I mean, between the a rock and a hard know, they, place. Originally, they, they they planned on it. They did cop a massive backlash, yeah. and, and yeah, I'll be they're, they're stuck. I'll be honest, I'm, I'm I'm I love rugby league, but I don't think money needs to be spent. No. Uh, upgrade in a stadium that they only came into commission in 1999. I agree. So why is the NRL... Which has already been revamped, really, so, like changed that's configuration. Right. Yeah. So here's a question. Why is it the NRL stipulating this? Why is it the NRL that wants this stadium upgrade? That's a good question, Shay. I, I, I think it's absolutely <clears throat> irresponsible on behalf of the NRL. I also think really that good. it's a bit... I think of, they've um, got to pull their heads in a little bit. But it's, it's, it doesn't make sense to me too where they say, okay, we want a revamped stadium. We, we know it's the only stadium that would in um, in New South Wales at, at current that would, would hold more than that 70,000. I mean, what at, at the moment, they get about 80 in there. They take the game to Suncorp. You got about 50. You're almost cutting the crowd in half. You still, I just, I don't know. And you know what I don't get? I reckon- $10, million, $10 million for multiple grand finals. That's not a lot of money. No, no I don't think so. Uh, for one, I'd get it. If they said we want one, we're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at it. $10 I think, I think it's $10 million for each of the ones they get, Shane. Yeah, okay, because I know that... I know that um, It'd have to be, because otherwise... It's well, that's what I thought, but everything I've, I've read has sort of... It hasn't I, said per... Yeah, I swear. I, I, I swear. Wrong. I also I'm heard. Today. Pretty sure it's per yeah, game. I would, want, I would expect that to be. You're almost going to make the difference there yeah. in ticket sales between a two thousand seater and an eighty thousand So, I just said. I just know that one thing. I've got um, made a bid, believed to be worth about ten million dollars to host multiple grand finals over the next decade. So it's it's an interesting situation because I got a gut feeling that. I don't look ticket sales. Don't, it doesn't make sense to me, but there's obviously something about taking it up there. And I personally, I think that I think that the that the I I would take it to the masses. The masses is Sydney. There are more teams being played in. There's more teams from Sydney. It's a, it's it's a game like that. AFL would never take it away from that was from, yeah. from Melbourne. Yep. So well, you know, apart like, from COVID, yeah, yeah, and and even then, they they those yeah, you know, both both codes were very strategic with where they took it. Um, so I I think that this this is quite a strange. A part of me says this is the NRL wanting to lock in cash for long term, but um, yeah, 
it's 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 something that's still on the cards and where a lot of people thought that there was a contract that would would not allow this to happen there there isn't if i take away my the fact that i i'm from sydney and you know I, i'm a little bit of a traditionalist in the sense i believe really sydney is a place where it should be played yep i wouldn't have a big issue uh you know, we don't have a big issue this week, but um, <laughs> this could be it. <laughs> maybe it is. Actually, I was uh, I was in the city the other day, and I saw the big issue on sale. Yeah. When I, yeah, I think it might be an Anzac Day. We've got to go um, to Um. Uh, yeah, as I was going to say, I think you know, once every four or five years uh, in Brisbane, I think would be fair. Um, seeing as though. You know, they've got about a quarter of the teams up there now or will have when the Dolphins come in. Um, I could cop once every four or five years, but not a regular, like, you know, most years. I can't cop that at all. I even Um, reckon if they were there every year, I reckon the gloss would wear off. I reckon after five years, if they didn't have a Queensland team in the grand final... I really think I think I think what it would do is obviously what they're banking on. I'd imagine Queensland is the fact that it probably would be a couple of teams from Sydney or you know Melbourne's always good. They're looking at people travelling up there and spending money in their in their state. They're looking at tourism income. NRL are looking for money in this, no doubt. Does this open the door for a bidding system to occur with the grand final, similar to say like the Super Bowl, mm. where they. Where, okay, just say... Just like, say or okay, like the World year, Cup or, or the Olympics. Year, right? Look at this year. Look at this year. Sydney would go all in on the grand final because you know that Penrith will probably be there. You've got, you got, you got, you got, you got New South Wales, you've got Sydney teams sort of... You know what I mean? Melbourne will, might be will, interested. Yeah, would, would Melbourne then go, hang on? Would, I don't know. I just think you know that every time... The grand final rolls around. It's in Sydney. It's in Sydney. Yeah, I agree. You're, I agree. I you're filling like the stadium. I, yeah. But yeah. yeah. If they weren't filling the stadium, then it's a it's a completely different scenario, but really, they, isn't it? They do. Exactly. Yep. And they've never had an issue. I don't, they only I, feel I it for the grand final and for the origin. That's I don't it. think it's going to happen. Nothing I don't else. think the NRL necessarily wants it to go. The only thing in it for the NRL is if they can get some coin out of it. Mm. They are a business. Yep. yep. Okay. Phil Gould taking over training. Poor form, yes or no? Yes. No, I'm going to say no. Okay. Well, Phil Gould, he did it. He stepped in at training uh, to take over training at Belmore. Really what, uh, what people are seeing, this is a huge no confidence in uh, Trent Barrett. Um, so basically he, he took over a training session. Um, after he gave the, the team a fairly large <clears throat> spray, apparently, um, he, 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 yeah, he, he basically stepped in. Um, one would argue that he's Barrett's boss, so therefore, does he have that jurisdiction? Another person says the boss of a football club or the manager of, you know, the, the, the person is the coach. Um, is this it now? Is that is that basically 
the the nail in the coffin for Barrett that that the head of football operations comes in and decides to take over training. I, I don't think they've had confidence in him for weeks, even longer. You know, he's got form in this. He's sacked two coaches already. Yeah. Well, he certainly doesn't mind sack. Look, but that's his job. Yeah. His job is to do what he believes is yeah. best for the club that he's at. In this case, it's the Bulldogs. Um, and would it happen anywhere else in any other club? No. No. No way. Um But it just seems that wherever Gould is, he's the one pulling all the strings. Means, yeah. But that's why those—that's why those clubs employ him, because they have faith in him to make their club a winning club. Um, and I mean, his his background initially was as a, as a premiership winning coach at two clubs yeah. as a Most very definitely. young man. Most definitely, um, firstly at the Bulldogs. He might have been either. He might have still been in his late twenties um, when he coached them to premiership success, or if not late twenties, he was early thirties. And then a few years later, got uh, the Panthers to the grand final, which they lost. And then the next year, they beat the Raiders. Then he was New South Wales, New South Wales most yeah. successful Origin coach. Um, so he's got. He is a respect, love him or hate him, um, and he's a polarizing figure. But he's got runs on the board when it comes to coaching success. Um, that said, if you're a coach who is underneath him, you're obviously not completely independent. No, and that was um, proof. I, that was proof he wasn't Barrett. <laughs> Barrett was more or less told at the start of the year that he wasn't to pick Kyle Flanagan by Gould, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you're, you're sort of – if you're in Barrett's position um, and he applied and got the job before Gould was at the club, um, I guess you're sort of thinking, well – I'm, I'm really just a, a puppet coach. Well, um, that's that's what Ricky Stewart felt like at the Roosters, and it was highly, you know, the, the 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 press around when he walked out was the fact that he just couldn't work with him anymore. Although I think the fact that you lose two out of three grand finals where that team could have coached itself, yeah, was my problem. But I think the reason. But anyway, I think with um, this one, just 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 quickly, I, I'm probably the only person that thinks that this is a bit more of a beat up than what it actually is because i'd imagine in all these organizations like a lot of the times we think of it very simply and go oh there's a coach and then the players underneath them every club when they're coaching um their players they've got a staff that work together they'd be sitting they don't just rock up to training and go trent what are we doing they're after training is finished and the players go they're probably having a meeting for an hour going what are we focusing on tomorrow and everyone's in that You'd, you know, you'd have assistant coaches at clubs running sessions. You're, you're, you're in charge of defense tomorrow. Can you run the session? Okay, I might do something else. The coach necessarily might not even, you know, always be. There's all these things. 
I actually think it could have been just a case of, you know, we don't know. It could They could have all sat down at the meeting and said, hey, how about, you know, Phil Gould could have, even if he did suggest and say, hey, how about I run the session tomorrow? Something different. It might give him a bit of a rev up to say, hey, we've got, you know, we've got someone else coming in here and telling you what's going on. Because as an organization, what they're doing is not working. Definition of mm. insanity, doing the same thing and expecting a different result. They're trying something different. I'm not overly stressed about that. If it wasn't Phil Gould, if it was, you know, Brandy Alexander ran a session at Penrith, no one would give a shit. Mm. Yep. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, though. That's the difference. And whereas, you know, Gould was at Penrith, and, and he obviously, at one stage in Ivan's first tenure, they had a falling out, which led to Ivan uh, being sacked. Um, Gould was a big fan of Griffin. Used to regularly uh, talk about what a good coach Griffin was. Then he got him into the Panthers. They had a falling out. Out goes Griffin. Um, Gould apparently had Wayne Bennett lined up to come. But the board, uh, the chairman of the board, Dave O'Neill, had uh, done a deal with uh, Ivan Cleary. Um, was something that was not Gould's doing. Ivan was back um, and not too long into uh, Ivan's second comment at uh, the Panthers saw Gould leave the club. Mm. Um, but, you know, credit to Gould in what he set up. Um, you know, there was a five-year plan which blew out to a, a seven-year plan. and But eventually the things that he put in place, including the the academy there, all the pathways. Without Gould, Penrith wouldn't be where they are now. Um, so his influence, even though they didn't win while he was still at the club, um, it, the club wouldn't have been there had it not been for Gould and his uh, close association with uh, James Packer because they were going broke. Mm. And um, Gould got Packer to to loan um, and uh, since that time you know they've paid the loan back quickly and they're now financially very sound um, but uh, it was a club on its knees and, and there may no, not have been a Penrith Panthers in the NRL uh, had Gould not have uh, been in charge at the time so um, yeah he, he do, he's not at a club as a uh, as someone who doesn't have the most influence on the on the way thing, but you know, Bulldogs have put their faith in him. Um, he believes what he's doing is best for the club. I'll be really surprised if Barrett's there for too much longer. If they keep mm. losing games, mm. he'll be gone. Um, the question is, anyone that comes in. And I don't know that Gould's interested in coaching the team himself. Uh, anyone comes in, it's going to be a puppet. Um, so someone, you know, someone might just say, well, I'll get my opportunity. I'll take it. Um, but it might put a few people off. So interesting, though. Sells papers. Oh, yeah, gets people uh, clicking on. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know until uh, until Shano, you brought it up um, earlier on. But um, yeah, it's uh, things not going well. But that's what Gould's there to try and fix. 
That's it. That's it. Well, that'll that's about do for our tidbits. Um, we did have a game on the weekend, which had a bubble and a clap, but um, that was all in good fun. I think the Viking clap. I thought it was yeah. funny. <laughs> it was very funny. <coughs> I actually like it's the, uh, almost as good as when um it was almost as good as when uh uh Michael Ennis did it in Hambra. Yeah. That I'll, was funny. I'll tell that you was what was um that was funny. One of our listeners, they'll know who they are when they hear this, uh, said to me and I thought it was pretty good. They said if um Canberra are upset about other teams using the Viking clap and the, the other team's fans doing the Viking clap and think it's disrespectful, how about you just win a game? There's no issue. They won't be, oh, yeah, they won't be doing the Viking things. clap. This kind of thing, this kind of thing's been going on for ages. I remember once at a South game, rather than a Panther, it was like a cat meowing. So every time Penrith dropped the ball, oh, that yeah. happened. And it was like, and you know, back in the days, no, it was South had the wood on, not like now. And everyone just laughed. And and even you know, like the apparently it went, I remember it, it went before the board should they have put in a, an official complaint and everyone's just like no it's just a bit of fun I think fun. it's I think the good thing to come out of it is the fact that it um it does get people a bit rolled up like if you're a Canberra fan it gets yeah. you rolled up which is good because hey, that just shows yeah but that's that's also too it just shows that the Viking clap has become a part of their culture and it's a great part of rugby league and a great way for the fans to get involved um yeah hey, um, no one's getting hurt I was at the game last year when, when it was first done. Um, I didn't actually do it myself, but um, I, want, I, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's um, funny. I thought it's, it was funny. Uh, and this time around, um, I did it the first time. But I thought after that, uh, it's, it's not, you know. Mm. Once was it, you know, got the point across. I'll tell you what, yeah. three times. So when you go to a packed Canberra game, oh. when when they, when they do it, it's so impressive. I'll Holy say that. Cow. I'll say as that. A, no, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an opposition yeah. fan, you stand there going, "This is pretty good." I was like, down in good Canberra the night. You know when um, the the Sharks. Yeah. The year they won the comp, when they went down to Canberra and beat them, and Michael Ennis was doing the Viking clap. At the start of that game, when the Raiders came it's out, the stadium was packed. It was a semi-final. Um, it, it, it's great. It, it creates such an atmosphere. It is. It is so good for the game. And you know, it's it, it's, it's it's awesome. It's 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 cool. It's, you know, and years to come, it's just going to be part of the culture. In twenty or thirty years' time, you're going to have kids that aren't even going to realise that you know it's only something that's been. You know, Done by the, the Icelandic yeah, soccer team. That was exactly right. About six or seven other groups before the uh, Canberra Raiders, but that's okay. Viking. It was actually um, there was an open invitation by the government of Iceland, I think it was, to actually any any person, any club who has the Viking as their logo to do it to ensure that their culture lived on. I wonder what Ragnar would be thinking about it though. What's that? Well, he's, a Ra- he's, a, he's a Raider. He'd love it. I, I, he's actually named after him. I have a feeling that he might have had a different kind he's of Viking club. Raider. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. know, old Lagatha, well, not old young Lagatha, he's, she was you know, quite an attractive young lady. The, the anyway. original. Did the you original... know there's a, a new, um, there a new is. series? Yeah, hmm? set, uh, it's, a, it's on Netflix. Green... No affiliation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 yeah. years after. That's right. I think it is, mm. yeah. Yeah. Start watching yeah. it. And uh, 
yeah, I've, 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 I was watching. I haven't seen the end of it yet. But it's quite good. Um, Val, Vikings Valhalla. That's the one. Valhalla. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, for all those uh, Raiders fans who don't want to watch your team anymore, you can yeah, watch if you want to see, see, <laughs> see, uh... see, you want to see some Vikings winning. Yeah, get, 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 look at that. Yeah, get get on Netflix for a successful. Get on raid. your long boat and have a look. Uh, well, you know, while while Griffo's watching Netflix in between footy games, I'm sure there's plenty to grab his eye. But I'll be interesting to see what uh, we got this week for Griffo's grab <coughs> from the NRL. What you got, mate? Okay, thanks, Graham. Um, my uh. My grab for this week came very early on in the round. Um, on Thursday night, I went to um, went to see Midnight Oil at uh, Kudos uh, Arena. And so I, I didn't see the game live, but I switched it on when I got home to watch the replay. And um, I only actually watched the first half, but I was grabbed by... Uh, C.O.C. for Talakai, oh, yeah. or uh, I'm going to call him Typhoon Talakai, uh, because uh, there was a typhoon going through uh, Woolaware uh, round about uh, 8 o'clock Thursday night. Um, and that typhoon just blew away 13 sea eagles from, uh, from Manly Warringah. Uh, maybe 17. Uh, they just could not control CSC for Talakai. Uh, his stats from the game, and the stats, you know, they're significant, but um, they, they are stats. 262 running metres, of which the 63 were post-contact. Two tries, three line breaks, three try assists, two line break assists, eight tackle holds. Most of those things took place in the first half. Poor old Morgan Harper. Uh, he would be the cleanest seagull on earth because he <laughs> copped uh, the, the, the biggest bath you've ever seen. Um, bigger than the bath that Katoni Staggs put onto uh, whoever it was the week before. Um, oh, who'd they play the Broncos the week before? The week before would have been um, he gave, Penrith. He gave. Uh, sorry. Oh, last Must week, the week Bulldogs. That. Yeah. They played Bulldogs and Penrith, and then before that was the Roosters. Yeah, I remember he gave, oh, you know, he gave Isaac Tego a bath. That's right. We yeah. talked about it last week. Um, but uh, that was only a small bath compared to Typhoon, Talakai, and Morgan Harper, who um, I don't think he was dancing on the ceiling at the end of the night, poor old Morgan. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, he. It wasn't just Harper, Cherry Evans, and anyone out on that edge. Um, they just had no answer to Talakai. Talakai is now very much being spoken about for a blue jersey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have <clears> him <throat> at this stage. I'd probably have him in the 17. Um, I'm not sure I'd have him at start and center, but if he can keep up this form, you've got to pick him there. Um, he's just an absolute wrecking ball. Um, and he's, it's not like it's a flash in the pan now. He's been doing it over a number of weeks. And if he keeps doing it, I think he's going to 
he's got to take Latrell's spot, um, assuming Latrell is is unfit to to play game one. Um, but it'll be uh, Talakai running around in the centres uh, for New South Wales. Um, there, I got a you know th- there were a lot of eye catching. I won't say moments, but teams. Uh, Melbourne Storm, 70 points to 10 against the Warriors, of which uh, 54, I think, were scored in the second half. That's a huge amount of points. And they missed some easy goals. They could have scored more. I was actually on the Storm for my joker this week. Oh, so I got the. So was I. I got the plus sixty. Oh, so I'm, for the out. first time in the year, I'm in the positive. Mm. Um, so I, I was pretty happy. I was disappointed when they let Harry Grant miss a goal from like two meters to the side of the post, but there were plenty more to come after that. But yeah. um, so the Storm were outstanding. I'll tell you what, Brad, my eye score as many points, but they were outstanding as well against the Raiders. Shame I'll tell you what, grab my eye. So that 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 ball boy for Newcastle who ran down the sideline. Have you seen that? No, that was a storm. Storm, yeah, storm no, sorry, yeah. storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Far out. It looked a bit it, like Zach Sini. It ran, yeah. in, but he ran like the wind. Yeah. He had a little head start, and all of a sudden pressure's, he just took off. Pressure's on for all the ball boys around. Uh, all the was like greased lightning. Ball boys and boy girls, uh, ball girls around uh, this week. But it's, it's interesting you say there, Griffo, talking about Talakai. Uh, I thought you might bring him up this week. And I'll be, look, the question has been asked, has there been a more dominant half of football from a player in recent years? I mean, this one really stands out. That first half was phenomenal. Um, you you it was, mentioned... It was unstoppable. You, you just got, mm. And there were times, too, where they didn't give it to him and they were five out. I'm like, just give it back to him because he's gotten through every time. He is just so hard to handle. Um and this is someone too, remember Griffo, we had a few question marks, we weren't sure how we did. Go well, I certainly did, yeah. I I I thought, you know, it wasn't the best move. Yeah. Uh, I was so I thought maybe it's just a stopgap thing while Connor Trace is out injured, but um you can't see him changing it now. No, no, and 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 it's a shame for Tracy because because we have uh, sung his praises over the past oh, year absolutely. or so. Absolutely, he's a very very good player. And just on the New South Wales side, just before we move on, fellas, I mean, obviously, um, if Latrell's fit, which we know he look, if he if he's on track, uh, he's expected to be back, you know, a week or two before. It'll be close. Say he's fit, we'd imagine Turbo and. Latrell are the centres for New South Wales. That's that's what we'd imagine. Um, I just got a few names here now. Obviously, you know this isn't my opinion, but these are some of the names that have been thrown up and are in contention for a, a spot in the Blues backline, specifically for most of these the centres. I mean, just 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 think about some of this talent at the moment for New South Wales. So you have got Trebojevic and Mitchell, as I said. Talakai. Could be the next one on the list there if Mitchell's out. He's really put his hand up for that. You've also got Katoni Staggs, uh, Zach Lomax, Nico Hines, Jack Whiten, who is someone who's played a fair bit of origin, Matt Burton, who we were saying is, um, you know, could have been the best centre at the end of last year, Stephen Crichton in great form at the, um, at the Panthers. Given that Teddy's going to play fullback, you'd have to say there's a spot somewhere for Ryan Pappenhausen. You'd have to find somewhere for him. And then on the fringes, you've got some talent with blokes like Bradman Best, Campbell Graham. 
some talent there. There's going to be some really talented players that are going to miss out for New South Wales this year. Mm. Yep. A lot of talent, but there's only so many spots. Good headache to have, though. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. You'd rather have too many than not enough. Um, most of those guys you mentioned, most of them are in pretty good form. Um, some are names that are based on past glories. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if Talakai doesn't make it, let's say, let's say Luttrell does, you know, come back. And I don't think it's expected that he will for game one. But if he does, I think you, you can put an argument for Talakai to still be on the bench there because he's so versatile. He can cover back roll, he could cover prop, he could cover centre. Um, so I think on the bench, I'd still have Talakai in the 17 irrespective of whether Luttrell uh, is available or not. Because mm. that's a that's a spot that sort of Jack White and <coughs> has... Um, has I know he past. has, but... Uh, but his form wouldn't uh, indicate I this think year. That's, that's... No, he had good early season form, but I couldn't pick him. Um, I, I didn't... I don't think he's played well in origin for a few years. I thought he had a couple yeah, of excellent origin. years couple of excellent years. And then the, the year that uh, both Luttrell and Turbo were out when we lost, and I think we had Gutherson and Whiten in the centres. Yeah. I thought they were both quite ordinary. Um, and then we saw Whiten play 5-8 when Louis, Louis was out last year. And you know, he scored a good solo try, but just the team just didn't function. You got Latrell, Turbo, Adokar, Toto, and Teddy outside you, and they lose. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, how does that happen? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I personally, I would not pick Jack White in the 17, um, given the wealth of talent that exists. Um, and I just don't think Jack Whiten's going that well. Yeah, fair enough. A lot of talent Play's there. going better than Be interesting to see what happens over the next month. Um, I think it will give us a bit of a clearer picture. There's plenty of um, plenty of players that have time to put their hand up. And um, I've even got a player that put his hand up this week and uh, with a good old-fashioned Graham Gap. <laughs> So this week for Graham's gaff, this is an old-fashioned gaff, and I mean that in the um, purest sense of the form. That this this segment was created to have a bit of a laugh. Like if something happened on the field, it made us laugh. It got Graham's gaff. Uh, often it turned into people doing silly things, but um, a genuine gaff, one that made me chuckle. In hindsight, at the time, I wasn't laughing as much. But, um, you know, just as an isolated in- incident, it's a bit of a laugh. Uh, Jai Arrow having a crack at field goal in the uh, late in the game for South Sydney against the West Tigers. Um, 
I, I don't think there's much uh, much better than seeing a, uh, a back row forward having a crack at field goal when uh, they, they, they just shouldn't be given the kicking license at all. Well, maybe at Parramatta Stadium, he was trying to channel his inner Mark Carroll. I remember one night Mark Carroll scoring a field goal for South Sydney at the uh, at Parramatta. But uh, the thing is at the moment, Brian, with the way... With the way South <laughs> Sydney, with, with the way South Sydney are playing, you're not hundred percent sure if that was in the script or not. You you you, you tend yeah. to say it wasn't, but geez, well, I hope not. decisions and what they're doing at the moment. Um, <coughs> who knows? You could have popped one over in training, Look, and they've gone, yeah, why not? Yeah, and the the performance overall could have been the gaff, but it was one of those situations where I think um, you know not to get too far into things. I think this is where CSR missing uh, Adam Reynolds where. Um, you know, this this is one of those situations where the ball went to Ilias. He was under a lot of pressure. They passed it. I'm 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 just having a bit of a laugh and taking the lighthearted side of this because if I don't laugh at this game, I cry. Um, because sixty percent completions at one stage. That's what I think it was. Yeah, it was, it's not his job. Um, he got the no. ball. It was the last. They were the scores were tied. How, how long so was left in the game at that stage? Oh, box the grave. Uh, Maybe three minutes, two minutes, wasn't much. Overall, yeah, no, yeah. It was pretty close. We, we we're under a lot of pressure, and that was the only attempt that's how should never to, the ball should up. never have went to him. It should never have gone to him, hundred percent. And that's that's the that's the real gaff. The fact that um, you know, the, the Tigers did well to put pressure on on Ilias, um, but yeah, it's just it's just one of those situations where I think it just shows um, that that's something from South Sydney that in the past they haven't been as concerned about because they did have uh, Adam Reynolds who um, you know you look at it for for Brisbane we'll talk about Brisbane in a moment when we go through the games but um, he really stood up the other night for Brisbane and and was really instrumental there. I'm not sort of saying oh they should have kept it all this sort of stuff but I think it's just one of those things that um that highlighted. Uh, yeah, some of the, some of the weaknesses that we're we're going to see in South this year that we haven't seen in the past, and um, I'm sure, given the fact that Jai Arrow, from what we see in the media, is one of those blokes that's uh, keen to have a laugh and a uh, bit of a larrikin and might have a laugh with uh, a few of his teammates. I'm sure he would have copped heaps uh, from that one. So uh, this week's Graham's gaff is a uh, Jai Arrow. He's cool. Actually, he's actually probably one of the South players that's actually in really good form. So. Um, yeah. All right. Well, in saying all that, guys, we've got a, a big week of footy this week to tip. We're seven rounds in. We've got round eight uh, coming up. So it is, as uh, always at this time, now we've, we're getting a lot of good feedback about the uh, the two-minute tip. So, um, yeah, it's time to kick Sounds off the good. preview for this round. All right. There's the whistle and the kickoff for round eight. Uh, Thursday night football tomorrow night, uh, 7.50pm up at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. Uh, we've got the Broncos and the Sharks, uh, both teams that are coming off uh, wins last week. Uh, home game for the Broncos here. In regards to the team news, uh, Kevin Walters, as you'd imagine, he's got the same 17 that um, beat the Bulldogs last week. Uh, we saw last week Tamari Martin wearing the number one jersey, so... Um, a lot of a lot of Brisbane fans. I've heard some feedback this week. They were pretty happy with how he went. It was good to see him uh, make a successful return, uh, and they've got a bit of stability again for a couple of weeks in a row now with uh, Gamble and Reynolds in the halves. Um, for the Sharks, as you'd imagine, too for them, 
they're trying to keep their side quite stable. Um, and as you'd imagine, uh, Dale Finucane coming back into the side, which will mean uh, Cameron McInnes going back to the bench. Uh, the only other bit of news for the Sharks that I noticed on the reserves list, uh, Wade Graham is in 19. So um, yeah, keep an eye on him because he's due to come back from an ankle injury very soon. But um, we mentioned last uh, there in the show, Griffo, um, big half of footy from the Sharks. Obviously, they'll be disappointed that they let Manly back into the game. But, um, you know, talk about those players like Talakai. They're really hitting their straps. They're, they're, they're really, um, you know, stood up and said, yes, we deserve to be a, a top four team. Indeed, they... Uh... They are looking every much, very much the uh, top four side. Um, for them to not be in the top four, someone has to take their spot. There's no one below them who are going better. Um, uh, we looked at the ladder before. Uh, the Sharks are on 10. Uh, there's a few teams on eight, but... Uh, Sharks looking much better than any of those sides. Um, it's not, they don't have a way on the up. Uh, we saw last week, uh, led by Reynolds, who had a, uh, a superb game for the Broncos. <clears throat> I was heavily involved, not just in the kicking game, but in the, the, uh, you know, some of the, the tries that were scored, he, he had heavy involvement. Um, and he certainly had his best game since moving to the Broncos. I thought he was very good against the Panthers the week before as well, particularly his kicking game. So this is a team uh, who I think can test the Sharks for most of the game. But I don't know if they're still going to be there at the 80-minute mark, the Broncos. Uh, I know the Sharks will be around at the 80-minute mark uh, with, you know, under the, the guidance of Craig Fitzgibbon with guys like Finucane and, and Cameron McInnes. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be still going at the 80-minute mark. I'm not sure we see Tony Staggs up against uh, Talakai. I hope. Uh, I hope we see that battle. Um Staggs has been in really good form. Talakai, the Typhoon, uh, he's the best at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Shark, so. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything there, Griff. Um, for me, the only, the only real Shark hiccup was against the Storm. I know they lost to um, the Raiders round one, but really there's many a team that's going to hiccup against the uh against the Storm, um, they're playing phenomenal football. Mm. We, we were critical against them. We were critical of them over the past couple of years and the fact they just couldn't get out of their own end. They were dropping the ball. Fitzgibbon has just got them firing. And, 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 and the biggest difference for me is they've got this respect for the football that I've never seen a Shark side have since they won the grand final. And even when they won it, I, didn't, I don't think they had it the same way they do now. Nico Hines has been a revelation. He's he's yeah. been he's been absolutely sensational. Sharks have got this easily. 
that's the thing you mentioned too there, because there were, Shano, some question marks at the start of the season about Nico Hines going to half. I mean, realistically, for someone who wasn't a half, even though, you know, people said, yeah, he's a half. Like I said, Danny Melbourne, he's, he's a half. He can play half. Um, mm. There's some good aspects of his game. Like, you look at his kicking game, and he's, he's, he's a yeah. real he, real leader in that team, isn't he? Yeah, he, and he was. He was, he was a half. I know he, he, talked, he, talked, he talks quite candidly about being... <clears throat> Having done junior halfback, we said nothing's like the NRL. So he, he's got skills and, and he uses them every minute on that football field. Yeah, comes up against a pretty good half this week with Adam Reynolds. So um, sounds as though we're all going with the Sharks in this one, guys. But um, yeah, it was, it was also interesting too because I feel as though um, you made a good point there, Griffo. I don't know if the Bulldog, uh, the Bulldogs, the Broncos have that 80 minutes in them, and I don't know how many times um, Adam Reynolds can sort of get him out of jail. So I think the Sharks would be a safe bet in this one. All right, moving on to our second game of the week. Round 8 will continue. Um, Friday night, 6 p.m., we'll go up to the Gold Coast. Uh, Gold Coast Titans hosting the Penrith Panthers. Uh, so a lot, a lot of talk about the Titans being a top eight contender earlier on in the year, and um, all of a sudden they're starting to f- to fall down in regards to um, you know where we where we see them in the pecking order. Um, bit of a new look backline here at the Titans this week. AJ Brimson taking over from a Sarko at fullback. Will Smith to five eight. Philip Semi is back on the wing after his knee injury. Patrick Herbert returns at centre. Um, so, you know, as, as you'd imagine, Dave Fee's going to play in the, in the forwards. That's going to do a bit of a shuffle. Proctor to the bench, Wallace to the reserves, Fodawaka named to start a prop, so on and so forth. Um, Jane Campbell is also amongst the reserves. We know that uh, he's getting close to a return from his rib injury. So, um, you know, if, if he's good to go, you might even see him then come in at fullback to, to throw another another shuffle through by the time that Friday rolls around, so keep an eye on that one. Um, for the Panthers, you're looking at the same 17. Um, from what we're hearing, To'o might be another week away. I don't know if Griffo can help us out with any news out of Penrith there. Um, and the other thing to mention is uh, number 14, uh, Luke, who made his debut, I think it was last week, at the age of 26. You might be able to help me out with that one again, Griffo, but uh, everyone was uh, pretty impressed with him, and uh, he'll be looking for another... Good hit out, I'd imagine, up there on the Gold Coast this week. Yeah, thanks, Graham. Um, Sony Luke uh, is a local junior who was the captain of the uh, the under twenties team that I think in twenty fifteen uh, won the whatever it was back then, the Holden Cup or the Toyota Cup or whatever it was. Um, and in that side were many of the current 17 that we see uh, running around for the Panthers. So I'm pretty sure there was guys like Dylan Edwards, um, Tyrone May was in the side, Nathan Cleary didn't play in the grand final. He was in the Australian schoolboys, uh, which created a lot of friction between uh, coach Ivan Cleary and Gould because Gould wanted him in the team. Um, Ivan said, no, he's, he's committed to the schoolboys. Um, so Cleary had played all year, but missed the grand final. Um, so the Hobbs pairing was Luai and, and 
Tyrone May. Mm. Um, you had Fisher Harris in there. <coughs> Moses Leota was in there. Uh, I think Liam Martin, um, Corey Harawiranaira was in there as well. Um, Kate Ellis might have been with them at that stage. Kate Ellis, yep, he yeah. was another one. So the team was stacked, um, and they played uh, Tommy Turbo, um, yeah, amongst others. Liam Knight, I think Nico Hines played in that manly side as well. So Jesse Ramian would have pretty... probably been. Yeah, there. yeah, you're right. So I mean, you look at those two teams and. Uh, huge number of uh, not just first graders but guys who've gone on to play state of origin uh, play for their country so sony luke was the captain and he was the man of the match um so that's that's his background he's he's a penrith junior uh waited a long time um left penrith uh, i think he might have went to west tigers and played didn't play first grade there either but in all of that, um, we didn't actually get a tip, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do you a deal. I'll give you another two minutes. <coughs> oh, that is, I'll, I'll accept that deal. Um, uh, we'll talk about this game because I, uh, um, you didn't really get to talk about the game. I asked you a bit of an off topic question about Sunny Luke, so I'll give you another two minutes, mate. <coughs> That's okay. Um, I'll just reload and uh, here we go. <laughs> so, um everything says Penrith win this game, uh, based on form. Um, seven and zero oh, as opposed to two and five. The Titans have disappointed me. I had them in, in the eight at the start of the year. I haven't got them in the eight now. Um, they're losing games against teams that they need to beat to make the top eight. They and I mentioned it several weeks ago that they're mentally not a strong side. They got a host of really good players. Um. Is it impossible for the Titans to win this game? No, it's not. They're a chance. Um, Penrith, uh, they've been a bit of a machine. Um, they, they disposed of the Raiders. They were just amazing in the second half. Um, it was it was pretty tight in the first half, but. Penrith just tightened the screws and the Raiders didn't actually get to play the ball in Penrith's half until the 39th minute of the second half. Um, they just strangle. Unlike the Storm, they don't score as many points as the Storm, but they just strangle teams. And um, I don't know that the Gold Coast are going to be able to uh, to deal with that too well. Um, the Gold Coast can score tries, and if they get a you know a good share of possession, and they get down to Penrith's line, I've got no doubt they will score some tries. But the problem for them is being able to go for eighty minutes against top class opposition. Uh, they got smashed by the Cowboys last week, and um, they've made changes. But I think Penrith. Yeah, as, as Griffo said there, Shano, um, it is possible for the uh, Titans to win this week, but not probable. Uh, the biggest change that the Titans would need to have is in attitude, regardless of who's on that field. They are my disappointment of the year. I, I, I am really struggling to see how a team with the players they've got, the personnel, they just treat the... like. You know, they're treating the football 
with with very little respect. Um, they're they're in a they're in a group cluster of teams for me. Um, that really, uh, you did this frustrating to watch. Um, they're underperforming, um, as are teams within this cluster. And I'll put my hand up and say South Sydney are one of them. Um, Penrith are on fire. The only thing going for the Titans this week is that every win is closer to your next loss. Penrith, you assume, have to lose sometime. That's the only thing going for the Titans in saying that Penrith will dispose of this side and dispose of them well. They are a classy outfit that don't make anywhere near the mistakes the Titans make. They will strangle them out of this game. They may not belt them. They may not win by by 40, but they will strangle them out of the game and they will still win comfortably, right? Yeah, it's, it's insane, isn't it, when you think that... Um... You know, not only have you got teams like the Titans who are struggling, and they're 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 turning through their players. Like you look at their reserves list this week, we've got Asako, Wallace is there, Issa Masters, uh, Corey Thompson. We're not sure if Jaden Campbell. There's some players there. It just shows they can't find the right um, combination. They they've got players who are names that we know aren't performing, and then you just look at the difference in the clubs. You've got Penrith, who they'll bring out a bloke last week like. Sonny Luke that a lot of people may never have heard of before, who, you know, is playing great footy out of dummy half, you know, to give someone as good as Coruscant a rest. I mean that try that he, um, that Luke put on for Isaiah Yo. I know Yo ran a great line, but holding it up for, it's it's phenomenal just how this production line keeps coming at Penrith. Um, they'll they'll uh, everyone in rugby league land this week will expect the Panthers to win, and I think they might win this one rather convincingly. Right, third game of the week. We um, have the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, it's a home game for them. I was just looking there when I saw Central Coast Stadium Gosford. I uh, just had to double check there whose home game it was, but it is a Rabbitohs home game. Uh, they taking the Gosford. They're going to host the Manly Seagulls. So hopefully um, we see some Rabbitohs fans uh, travel up north for that one. And also uh, it's just a little bit closer for the Seagulls fans uh, to head up to, to Gosford there. Uh, we know, as we said last week, both these teams, they are teams that we are used to in uh, recent years being right up the top of the ladder. They're both coming off losses. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, in regards to their team news, we briefly touched on Tane Milne's suspension earlier on in the podcast. Uh, this means that Isaiah Tass has the opportunity to come in and play his second NRL game. Uh, it'll be the first time that he starts. The other injury news for South Sydney, um, Jacob Host. Uh, suffered what we're hearing is a dislocated shoulder. So um, uh, Havili is the player to come onto the bench for the Rabbitohs. Um, few players here we've got with um, head knock, Sean Kepi. Um, I think also to... Seca's out. Seca's out, yeah. I was just looking here at the... Holokawatu's um, out. Yeah. Holy moly's yeah. out. I'm just looking at the list here. There's there's a few players here uh, missing for for the Seagulls. Uh, Andrew Davey, I don't think that's as big a loss, but Davey's got a shoulder injury. Yeah, so um, few players missing here when you look there's at you know massive humans. Yeah, this so um, this there's definitely some Tur- players still out. Turbo still missing. So you got Garrick at fullback. This, this Manly side, as we're, as we're going through some of those changes there, Griffo, from the, the best side they can run out, 
they're, they're definitely not at at full strength. And um, looking at that, near it. looking at especially that first half last week, um, thirty two unanswered points. That's that's not a good sign for the Seagulls. They'll be looking for a big bounce back factor this week at Cosford. Well, they'll be looking for it, but I just don't think they've got the team to um, to get the job done. Um, Tapao is back, though. That's one. I some of the very best players are not yeah. playing. Yeah, Tapao's back, but I don't think Martin Tapao is going to be a massive worry for Tom Burgess, Tavita Totola. I think they'll be able to handle him. Martin Tapao, at his best, was a very, very good player. He's still a good player, don't get me wrong. But I don't think he's going to get over the top of Totola and Tom Burgess. Um, Kepi's also, well, Kepi's in the front row there. He's a good player, but I think the forwards probably South have the advantage, if anything. Um, and, you know, Isaiah Taspian, I think he's a good player. Um, I, I'd have him, I don't know why he made way. Uh, you know, I know someone come back from injury. I think it might have been Milne, but um, I think he's actually a better player than Milne. Um, I, I just uh, South aren't at full strength either. They're you know they're missing a few, principally Latrell. So, I mean Turbo and Latrell being out so cancel each other out. When you think about it, Manley is still missing. You know, lights of Olakowatu, Paseka, Schuster still. I mean he's listed on the reserves, but I don't expect mm. he's going to play. Um, South aren't missing that many other guys that would be in the side. Um, smashing baby, he's been out for a while and they've missed him. But yeah. uh, I think his was a Cindy, yeah, Cindy, mm. yeah. And next year is going to be a dolphin, yes. Um, don't look like a dolphin to me, but, but uh, <laughs> you know, doesn't matter. Um, I just think South. Um, we saw Paracon back after being beat by the Tigers, and I think South. Will, I don't think they'll smash him, but I think they'll win reasonably well, to be honest. How are you feeling yeah. about this one, Shane? I know you got, you know, you you watch South very closely. Um, there definitely has to be some improvement, though. This is a team that I I I have this theory. Um, any team that gets under 65% completions is not NRL standard. Um, that's South Sydney at the moment. That, that's one of the things that they're not ticking the box. They're not, they're not treating the ball with respect. They're not holding it. And, and they're not dropping it, pushing the pass or anything. They're just, it's just in the most inopportune times. Um, Blake Taff, uh, uh, shout out to him. He's, he's, he's in and trying everything. Like at the moment, there was there was times there been times in the last fortnight where he has been the spark in the halves as a fullback. Lachlan Ilias is, is coming into his own. Cody Walker is just horribly out of form at the moment. He just can't. He, he zigs when he should zag, and I, I feel for him because I think what would help Cody Walker a lot is is having a completion rate that allows him to do something at the moment. You know they're they're playing they're playing on 65 percent completions. They've got the highest error rate in the league at ninety nine, um, which is just phenomenal considering how many games we've played. 
Um, I know that Manly have a lot out. That's that's the only reason why I'm picking South Sydney this week. I actually I was tipping Manly, um, and then when I really looked at the sides, I went probably South Sydney have it in the forwards. I agree. Um, Josh Mansour scares me, especially when if if Jacob Saab's on that side, uh, he's in trouble. Um, Mansour's not quick enough to be an NRL winger, and um, quite frankly. Uh, he's been exposed every time he's sat, put on the field. He's He's been run around on numerous occasions. So there's going to have to be some fairly strong defence. In saying that, you can't drop the ball. I've got South Sydney, but geez, it's going to be close. Yeah, I'm, I'm tipping South with very little confidence. I think um, the thing, and I think, you know, something you're probably going to to elaborate on there, Shano, is... is also to the work that some of the key players for South are doing in defence. Yeah, yeah, um, it's huge. In the middle. Yeah. yeah. Murray and Cook. Uh, Damien um, Cook. Damien Cook didn't have a run last week. Yeah. Yet, yeah, if you looked at how many times he had to run and cover, yeah. because it's dropped ball, he's, he's gassed. Anyway, I have my two minutes. Yeah, that, that fatigue, uh, I think, is, is costing them in attack. And, um, yeah, it's just where... You know, having having another you know forward stand up might help him out. Where um, you know Griffin made a good point with um, Nichols being uh, out there, so I think we're all tentatively tipping the Rabbitohs there. Next game that will uh, occur will be on Saturday afternoon, three p.m. Um, well, look, one of them's got to get a win, and uh, Redcliffe's going to be the place that's uh, going to witness the Warriors take on the Raiders. Uh, this game here, both teams going to be really desperate for a uh, for a win. None more than the Warriors, who are coming off that massive loss. They've got a heap of changes here. Um, <sighs> Martini, Zelesniak, Curran, Penne, Cozzi, all out of the side. Uh, Rocco Berry, um, Valea on the wings. Murchie, Katara on the bench. Sirena moves to the starting side. Um, Murdoch Masilla is on the reserves, so you know. I mean, obviously, there's a bit of a bit of a change happening there. They're going to need more than just personnel change this week. Uh, Elliot Whitehead back for the Raiders. That'll be a boost for them. Uh, he missed out on last week's game. I think it was a um, he really have a cut to his face at training or something like that. It was a bit of a bit of an odd one, I think that one. So um. The other person I noticed on the reserve, Shane, you, you'd like this. I noticed this week that um, Jared Croker's on the reserves. Mm. So you never know, you know, depending on how they're going on form, oh, they could think... push their way back in. But uh, you reckon his days are done? I think his days are done, mate. <laughs> All right. Well, Griffo, um, look, as I said, someone's got to win this one. Both teams very disappointing, though, last round. Yeah, both were awful. Um dominated in the second half after sort of, you know, being in the game at half time. It was both games I think might only been a six point difference or something similar to that. Maybe the Warriors were down a little bit more than that. Oh no, I think it was. Sixteen ten. Uh Raiders were down twelve six. And then both teams just horrible in the second half. Um I've got no confidence in the Raiders, sorry, in the uh, Warriors' 
outside box. Um, poor old Ed Cozy last week. He was anything but cozy out uh, on the wing in Melbourne. Um, he had one of the like that was sort of up there with the Steve Maven. Um, that yeah. famous game for South Korea. <laughs> yes, yes, he was home yes. watching the game um, yeah, before it was over. Before it was he over. Hooked. Um, Cozy didn't get hooked because they didn't have enough uh, guys on the bench. Um, we saw Morgan Harper, I believe, he got hooked at halftime, and he's another guy who had a shocker. Um, but you know, every now and then, someone just has a game that. You know, it's just a nightmare for them. Um, <clears throat> that was Ed Cozy last week. In saying that, the other outside backs, Jesse Arthur, uh, Pompey, and uh, whoever they are, oh, Dallin, I'll leave him out of that because he was going okay till he got injured. Uh, and then they had to, I think they had a makeshift um, back line because of Dallin missing. But uh, they were just dreadful out wide. So, Canberra, I guess, if, if there are any hope in this game, um, they want to target the wide areas of the field. Toss to the coin. I'm going to go, uh, I don't know who I'm going to go. I'm going to go Warriors simply because the Canberra, they just, they just don't look like a, a football team at the moment. And the Warriors have been able to beat some of the lesser lights. That's the only reason I'm tipping them. Uh, this is the Portaloo game of the week. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's back. It's, it's back. back. It is the Portaloo game of the week. Um, it's this is tough to choose only because you know both teams are, are poor. Um, you know, to, to to use a kid's analogy, they you know they've got the choice between a Brussels sprout and a black jelly bean, and, <laughs> and they'll be buggered if they know which one they want. Um, I'm going for Canberra. I just think that potentially there could be a bit more class on that field uh, with no confidence. Um, I, I just look at I just look at at the Warriors. Just look, they were demoralised last week, and I, I hadn't seen a side that just looked so poor in every facet of defence, um, especially you know going into the second half. So. I've got Canberra with absolutely no confidence only because I think that they've got some nucleus of a side, but they're just playing so horribly poor at the moment. So, yeah, I've taken the Brussels sprout. Brussels sprout. I need, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just sort of fluffing around here. I don't carry much cash on me these days. I'm just trying to do my tip. Um, I need, oh, a coin. Coin. I need a coin. Okay. I might have to do the new version here. I got my I got my phone. If it lands face up, I'll go the Warriors. If it lands face down, I'll go the Raiders. I am and tipping the Warriors. And that is as in-depth as my analysis is going to get. And he needs I, a new phone. Yeah, my phone's busted. Um, I'm going the Warriors. It landed face up. I don't know. Far out. Who knows? It's. It, I, I literally just flipped a coin. I have no idea. I can't base it on anything. I didn't see enough out of either team to suggest they can win a game. So, um, yeah, cool. Warriors was the flip of the coin. Nice. 
All right, uh, second game on Saturday. We're going to see the last place Canterbury Bulldogs take on a team that was formerly coached by Gus Gould uh, in the Sydney Roosters. This game is going to happen at a core stadium, which, uh, as we mentioned before, hopefully will host some grand finals for the year to come. Uh, the Bulldogs this week, um, Brent Naden's back in, so is Jake Avarillo. Um, that would mean Ockenbohr is out. Uh, Karaz will probably be the other one. Um, Siamana Fungi returns on the bench. Uh, Roosters, uh, Naguama on the wing for Tupu. We talked about him being suspended this week. Uh, Rui Hargraves and Radley are back in the run-on side. Takiyaho and Butcher back to the bench. Um, probably didn't expect to say, Griffo, that these would be, uh, last start losers, both teams. Um, Bit of, a, bit of a funny season for the Roosters, though, hasn't it? We, just, we sort of waited for them to kick on and, and hit that extra gear, but every time they take a step forward, it's almost like they take a step back. They've been very disappointing, Graham. Um, I thought they were going to be minor premiers. I don't see that happening now. They've lost t- games against teams you expect them to beat um, principally in round one against the Newcastle Knights and then last week um, against the Dragons uh, they're not going well at all and um, the only saving grace is that they're playing the Bulldogs this week and the Bulldogs are a team that doesn't know how to win games um, they've got a lot of guys who've come from winning clubs and they're just not the same player once they put on that blue and white jersey. Um, uh, I just don't see where the points are coming from. Uh, you mentioned a few guys are back from COVID. Well, I, I don't think that changes too much, to be honest. Uh, one guy I thought went all right last week uh, was uh, the Shoop Dog, uh, Aaron Shoop. I think he calls himself Shop. Um, I, don't know, I can't call him Shop because for me, Shop is S-H-O-P. I've been there. Um, go to the shops and don't go to the shoops. Um, but and and Shop Dog sounds stupid. Is, I thought he did. Yeah, well, that's it. Don't sound right. So the Shoop Dog, I thought he did a really good job up against Katoni Stags. Um, and... Uh, so that's that's good for the Bulldogs, but there wasn't much. There's not much going on there. Pangai looks dangerous for them uh, with the offloads, but they just they still don't know how to score tries. And um, I don't think it's going to be a big win for the Roosters, but I think they do get the job done, just because it's a class thing. Um, these most of these Bulldogs guys in other clubs have shown that they're very good players. Some of the mistakes of origin players, they go to the Bulldogs and they just become lesser players. Roosters for me. Yeah, I got my Roosters. I don't know if I can really add much more to that synopsis. It's, it's, you know, the dogs are just a side who, who, who are really struggling. I know the Roosters didn't win last week, but, you know, I, I just like, you know, you know, you got Manu, Momorowski, Walker, Kiri. In some ways, I'm waiting for the um, Crichton Tupanura 
uh, back rower um, with Radley just to, to break out, to really hit their straps, find some form. Maybe this is the game uh, up against lesser competition. Um, yeah, I, the, the, the Dragons are, have this ability to be disciplined and to stay into games if they want to. Um, the the Bronco the the Bulldogs don't have that. I've I've got the Roosters in what I think in the end will be a fairly comfortable win. Yeah, you'd you'd imagine the Roosters would get the job done here. It's it's, it's interesting too. I thought you know you got Flanagan coming up against Kiri at one time. They were um, halves together at the Roosters, and Kiri's current halves partner. I saw an interesting stat throughout the week. He has. Um, the most missed tackles in the league, Sam Walker. So I don't know if that's something the Bulldogs are going to try and run at him a bit. But, um, yeah, just, just just something to keep in mind there, obviously. Um, you know, young half still still finding his way in defence, but I, 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 you've, got to, you've got to go with the Roosters uh, in this one. I think most tipsters in your tipping comps uh, in your local area, as well as the Carpool Rugby League one, will be going with the Roosters. All right, moving on to our what will be the sixth game of the round. Um, Parramatta Eels. Uh, they're taking this game up to Darwin against the North Queensland Cowboys. This is going to be a real test uh, for both clubs, especially the Cowboys who we spoke about earlier as being um, you know top eight contenders now. Uh, the Eels unchanged after last week's big win over Newcastle. Uh, so you'll see, again, they've got... Um, Dylan Brown in the centres uh, on the list. I've got same 17 for the Cowboys as well. Not too much um, to talk about here in regards to team news in this one, Griffo. But we've got um, Eels' massive bounce-back factor last week after that game against the Tigers the week before. And the Cowboys, really, this is this is the test to show, I suppose, for us if they're the, the real deal and top eight contenders. Yeah, um... Uh, oh, sorry. sorry, mate. I've gone off early. Then. Gone off early. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> sorry to all our female listeners. Um, <laughs> female listeners? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I hope for their sake they've got better things to do. Mum gave up ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, That's all right. Who are you tipping? Um, <laughs> no, it's Sheeps is a good game, you know, like. These are two informed sides. Um, interesting that uh, the Eels take on the Cowboys at Darwin. You'd think they might have been better off taking off, uh, taking on the Storm or the Raiders, you know, because uh, the Cowboys are going to be very much acclimatised to the different conditions. Uh, oh, yeah. Take a team Sydney. from a cold climate up there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but anyway... Um, I guess with all the stuff that goes on with conditioning and whatnot these days, um, you know, it doesn't make that much difference. But uh, it does shape as a good game at uh, TIO Stadium. Um, I just think Para. Uh, I, I've got a really high opinion this year of, of Paramota. Um, you know, I, I said last week I just I thought the the Tigers' loss was a blip, um, and, and they pretty much proved that when they. Wipe the floor of the Newcastle Knights in on their own home ground. There, um, too much class for the Knights, and I think they might have a bit too much class for the Cowboys. But um, no one's told the Cowboys that, so 
Uh, they're a team in form. They've got some classic players of their own in guys like Scott Drinkwater, Valentine Holmes, um, you know, Nanai, the Bloon. It's a good back row when you've got the Bloon, Nanai, and Tal Malolo, isn't it? Um, mm. So there's some talent there. But I just think Para, uh, with the likes of Moses, uh, Dylan Brown, uh, the big uh, front rows, RCG and, and Juna Paolo, Reed Marnie, uh, he's a very smart uh, dummy half. And Para's in form. I'm going to stick with him. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Parramatta, this, is, this shapes to be maybe the game of the round when you think about it. Um, evenly poised sides. One who's con- one who's trying to convince themselves that this is our year, <coughs> and another one who's who's really come out of the gates and and played some very good football. Um, I think this is going to be a very high quality game. I've got Parramatta. I just think they've got too much class across the field. I think um, every good side has a hiccup somewhere, and they had theirs a couple of weeks ago. They're going to learn from that hiccup. I think this is going to continue um, to – they're going to continue up the ladder, Parramatta, and I've got to take my hat off to the Cowboys because I think they've been playing some exceptional football. This will not be an easy game for Para, but I've got Parramatta winning. Yeah, and I think most people are going to go with Para, but beware of, of the Cowboys because every time we think that, um, you know, that, that they're going to have a loss, uh, they, they show up. Um we mentioned a lot on the podcast, Griff. I want to mention again, Scott Drinkwater. I thought he was phenomenal last week. Um, yeah. And really for me, um, I think, I don't know if we talk about him enough and how uh, important he is to Para, but Mitch Moses, um, he's top of the, the tri-assist tally. I think um, I think he's quite, quite, um, I think he's got quite a lead in that too. I think he's got, I think he's about five ahead of the next best. I think Cameron Munster might be next on that list. Um, but yeah, Mitchell Moses right up there with try assists. And we know that uh, when you've got a half that's um, doing well in that stat, that you, you're going to go well. Parramatta, for me, I think will win this one. Uh, I thought it was a really good bounce back from them last week. And um, I'm expecting them to win. I'm expecting the Cowboys to put in a good performance, though. All right, our second... No, sorry, our first game of Sunday uh, will be the Knights taking on the Storm. Uh, this one is a Newcastle Knights home game. Two o'clock kickoff, as always, uh, the first game happening on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I did mention before that Dan Gagai, uh, he is out. Uh, he's They've confirmed the Knights that his cheekbone is fractured. Uh, so he's looking at probably about a month out of the side. So that's a big blow for... For them, he's been in um, in uh, good form. Uh, the only other injury concern for them, um, Brady Jones, he's been named, uh, but they do have some concerns about a elbow injury, so that's a bit of a watch this space. As you imagine for the Storm, they don't really have much need to change around their side. Um, I think uh, they did a little bit of a switcheroo on the bench here with Lewis moving back to 18th man and Wishart uh, wearing number 15. Um Ramus Smith, uh, he's in the side at number three. Uh, probably one of those ones to keep an eye on this week because I, he did fail his HIA against the Warriors. Um, but with blokes like you know John Scarlick, 
and um, a few others there on the reserves. They've definitely got it covered. Um, look, you got a, you got a side Griffo uh, who's in red hot form in the storm, coming off a, a, a record-breaking win last week, uh, coming up against a team who's been really disappointing. Um, I tell you what, I think a lot of punters might uh, think that the storm might be in for another another cricket score this week. No, I'm one of them. Um, I can't see anything but a Melbourne Storm victory. Uh, yes, the Newcastle Knights, it might be a bit of a bounce back factor because they were embarrassed by, by their own performance. But I just don't think it's going to happen for them. Um, one of their best players, you mentioned Gaga, is out injured. Um, they're, they're not at the bottom of the hole. I think they're still digging. I think there's still space for them to drop a bit uh, more. But their uh, season is sort of drifting away from them. And uh, I don't think it turns around this week against the might of the Melbourne Storm. Um any update at all, Graham, uh, on Tom Eisenhuth, who's a, a Carpool Rugby League favourite, has not been seen all year. Um, I'm not quite sure what his injury is and when he's due back, but uh, yeah, he's uh, the Melbourne Storm have had a few injuries, um, and he would have, you would have thought, been part of this 17, but uh, we've not seen him. Uh, it hasn't stopped the Storm from been a an awesome team obviously but uh he's a he's a favorite of carpool rugby league um and uh, i'm going to back the favorite this week uh the melbourne storm and i'm not quite sure what the last game is but uh okay i'm just looking at that i'm gonna lock in the melbourne storm as my joker for the round we're confident in the Dragons or the West Tigers there by the sound of it. Uh, oh, I think that could go either <laughs> way. So, um, Look, this this is another one, Shane, where you've, you've probably got to be pretty keen that the, the Melbourne Storm are going to have a good day out. Yeah, I, I actually, I worry for the Newcastle Knights a little bit because um, yeah, they've, they've actually had some real um, issues, especially around um, the... the, the the second row is centre defensive combinations and no Gagai this week, that that could actually just spell disaster. And that's exactly where the Storm ripped through the week before. Um, exactly, they ripped them out wide. So, so I actually think the same thing might happen. I agree with Griff. They're, they're my joker too. Yep. All right. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, Griffo, um, I can't find too much on Eisenhuth. I'm not even sure if he's still injured. I know he was injured earlier on in the year, but um, okay. yeah. So he's just but... not making the squad, possibly. Could be, could be, and you know, it could be one of those things where, um, yeah, they're playing that well. There's some, I mean, there's red hot competition down there, and it's a hard team to break into when you when you're out of it. So yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. keep an eye on that one. See if we can find out more about Eisenhuth. But um, yeah, storm from all of us here. Alright, so moving on to our last game of the round, we've got the Dragons taking on the Tigers. Uh, in this game here, we do have the Dragons coming off that big Anzac Day victory. Um, Jack Bird, 5-8. Um, this week, we can see there... Um, 
Josh Maguire taking the place of Jaden Sewer in the back row. Fumeano, uh, he's back from that um, suspension earlier on in the year. He's coming to the interchange bench. Um, for the Tigers, uh, the main injury for them, Dane Laurie uh, has that knee injury. You've probably seen the, the highlights of that one. Um, so Stafford Toa is playing fullback this week. Uh, Gildart and Gardner are the centres. Um, Tuolagi returns to the back row. He missed last week's uh, win over the Rabbitohs. Uh, Seyfarth is going to shift to the interchange bench. Um, look, not necessarily the teams that have been in the best form this year, Griffo, but they're both coming off wins. Dragons taking on the Tigers, 405 sta- uh, win stadium Sunday afternoon. Double that, Graham, because they've both won their last two games. True, so. yes. Yeah, yeah. that's a very um, fair fair point, Griffo. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a tough one to pick. Um, I'm going to stick with the Dragons. I thought they were quite impressive against the Sydney Roosters. They are going to miss um, Sewer. I think, you know, he's an important part of this team. I think he's been having a really good year. Um, the guy who's really impressed me is Frankie Molo up front. Um, so they're quite a strong, tough pack of forwards there. And you, you've got the likes of Blake Laurie coming off the bench as well. So uh, interesting to see how Fui Mayono goes. Um, he's an aggressive player. Uh, we got the the brilliance of uh, Tali Talamone to come into the game at some stage as well. I just think, uh, you know, the Tigers have done fabulously well. Two wins in a row against teams that were in the top four last year. Or, or well, Para uh, might have been fifth, I think. But um, and, and South went on to, to play in the grand final. So that's that's. A, difficult task to win one of those games but to win both um, is a great credit to this team and they're obviously uh, on an absolute high um, after those two exciting field goal victories I want to point out uh, I didn't mention it in the grab earlier but there was something that certainly it did catch my eye but it was just a one-off thing whereas Talakai was was amazing over the whole first half. But Jacob Little's chase on, uh, I think it was Ilias. Yeah, very good. You guys, I'm sure, would remember that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Ilias, yes. he's going to score the try. Little has, uh, has come up. And one of the great cover tackles. Um, that just shows the tenacity that the Tigers have and the, the will to win which wasn't there early in the season. Um, they're going to test the Dragons for sure. I just think the Dragons in a close one. Yeah, I agree with you, Griff. I think I think the same thing. The, the, <coughs> the, the, thing, the thing for me is when I look, I look at the Dragons forward pack and, and they're actually being, at times, individuals have been very disciplined. And I, I think that's, I think that's been how they've sort of, if they've been in games and, 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 and winning them, for me, if if Dane Laurie was playing, I probably would have picked the the Tigers. Um, no, Dane Laurie, it's going to be very close. I, I actually think. Look, 
the thing with the, the the Tigers that no one's really highlighted is in the last, um, you know, the week before they they did drop some ball, but they had improved their their completion rate dramatically. And last week it was it was it was a very very good. It, it, and 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 they've you know, if they hold the ball this week, they could well and truly be in it with a shake to score a field goal and take it home. But yeah, I, I've got the I've got the dragons, but it's going to be far closer than than what most think. Yeah, this is this is a bit of a tough one, isn't it? I'm um, I don't know if this is one of those situations where you sort of wait. Like, I don't know what you guys think. Is, is this one of those things where the Tigers are? We've got a little bit of a bubble here, and we're waiting for it to burst. Um, um, maybe I, I, I actually think I, I think they're very close. I think this is an even money match. Just, just tending to the dragons being at home. I think had the dragons not won last week, maybe things might be a bit different. But they showed something last week that that we that I thought was there, but it did surprise me. I'm thinking Hunt was beautiful. Not so beautiful. That's the wrong word. He 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 yeah. was. Uh, he was superb. He played. Yeah, he, he was. was. He was. deserved yeah. the um, the man of the match award there. Yeah. Um, he's he's been really good for him over the last couple of years, um, and I think he leads him to victory. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the Dragons in this one. I think um, I think the other thing that just keeps me wary of the Tigers is you know I don't know if this was just me you know, being a bit frustrated with South Sydney's performance last week. But I said to someone today, I said, you know, South only completed 60% of their sets and the Tigers still almost lost the game. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I thought the Dragons were good last week. I think I've got to give them a bit of credit. I'm going to go Dragons in, yeah, Dragons in a tight one, I think. Yeah, I think. Not confident, but Dragons. All right, fellas. Well, that's the the weekend preview. There's some big games coming up this week. I think um, I think for a lot of people, it could could well be, you know, the 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 Rabbitohs Seagulls on Friday night might um, give a bit of an indication as to who's who's genuinely deserving of being in that top eight. And I think also too, uh, the Eels and Cowboys um, might help us sort out the 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 cream from the rest, so to speak. Yeah, I think if the Cowboys can get a, a victory over the Eels, then they're, they're, their stocks rise immensely. Um, mm. uh, I, I don't think they can do it, but it would be a big scalp for them if they could get it, and, and it's going to add to the team's confidence. So um, very, very uh, I look forward to that game. I think it's probably the game of the round. Yep. Um, Hardest ones to tip, probably Warriors-Raiders. Um, dragons, tigers—they could be the ones that maybe uh, split your tipping comps. But um, I suppose speaking of tipping comps, fellas, I should uh, give the listeners a bit of an up- update as to what's going on in the Carpool Rugby League tipping comp. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that we haven't talked too much about—that's uh, still in play—we've got the knockout competition. We're down to three in the knockout. Uh, the three that are left, we've got the Eggman hashtag Ash. And the full-time pen pushers. So um, be interesting to see how they go this week. I think uh, one of them last week had the Panthers, the other two had the Storm. So they're selecting uh, rather well in the knockout competition. Um, 
I'm holding on to a slim lead here, fellas. I'm out by one, but I think yet again, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, the Hazo Hillbillies. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jamie's doing pretty well there. He's still got his joker to go, and he's only one point off the lead, so that's a phenomenal effort. Uh, 50 points in the tipping comp with the joker still in play. Mm-hmm. So uh, plenty still to play for in the Carpool Rugby League tipping comp. And, and interestingly, how for... A few points that the um, margin has has played a played a part. Yeah, that's something for a lot of tipsters. That's a that's a bit different. And um, it was actually funny last week. I think I had the sharks by twelve. I got the margin, but uh, at half time, I, I thought I made a bit of a bit of a boo boo in that one. But uh, it's all good fun. There's plenty to look forward to this week. Uh, thanks again, guys, for being on board. For this episode of Carpool Rugby League, as always, love bringing the uh, the podcast to the people, and um, we 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 hope you have a have a wonderful week. Have a good week, everyone. All the best. Take care, guys. Be good, everyone. On again next week. <laughs> <laughs>